that if you listened to all of the episodes, all the 100 episodes back to back, it would take you four days of solid back to back listening in a marathon to hear it all. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Reenactors Corner podcast. This is our regular episode number 100. Uh, That doesn't include all of the Patreon-exclusive monthly episodes that we've done, so really it's more than 100 episodes, but it's still a milestone. And I'm very excited today to have on our special guest, somebody whose voice will be very familiar to all of the long-term listeners to the podcast. Lassa, it's great to talk to you again. Thanks for coming on. Hey, it's beautiful. Thanks for having me back. It's great. Um, so I, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a long time since we've, uh, since we've talked. What, what have you been up to? Oh, man. I remember the last episode I was in, I was sitting in a car by a river somewhere in the woods um, as I was working on a movie, um, which has since been released. Uh, But um, right now, after that, I got a part-time job as a high school teacher. Uh, So I've been doing that for a year and a half now, but it's going to be done by uh, um, by summer. That sounds really cool. Um, yeah, we we did that podcast, this podcast, together for a long time, Lassa, from the very first episode until, um, I don't know, I, th- I feel like we did it for years. We did it until, like, I'm actually unsure about, like, the episode number, but around episode 50. Yeah. Um, so, how are things going? Are you still reenacting? Are you still involved with the, the same reenactment group? Yes and yes. Um, it has obviously been um, quiet because of uh, COVID and stuff. But um, no, I'm actually very much uh, still involved. Uh, I have some uh, bigger events coming up later this year and next year uh, that I'm uh, looking forward to. And um, then we are, uh, now that COVID has been really lifted and it's not a problem anymore, we as a group are actually starting to have more and more events. But I'm not that active currently because of my work situation and stuff. Are you teaching high school students? I'm teaching 16 to 18-year-olds uh, photography, videography, journalism, and graphic design. That actually sounds really fun. Oh, it is, it is quite fun. Um, but I, I must admit, I, uh, kind of miss, uh, making stuff. So I'm looking forward to not working at the school anymore, uh, after this summer. Um, but no, it's, it's been really, mu- it's been a lot of fun. Are you, I assume that, uh, you're not telling them all about your exploits as a, as a World War II reenactor? I'm actually not, <laughs> um, I uh, there's two uh, students that actually are really interested in, in uh, World War Two, and um, I've shown them like some pictures. I haven't told them what it is, but I showed them like when I was in Normandy. I showed them like this long convoy of American half tracks. 
So I'm, I've been showing them a little bit, and they're like, oh my god, did you see this for real? That's so cool. That is so, really cool. I am the cool teacher. <laughs> oh, I could also say that I had a small project just a month ago, or a little bit over a month ago, uh, in uh, um, March to April, because uh, I went one week to Ukraine to document humanitarian aid there. That so, sounds like an extreme experience. What What was that like? It was... I mean, now it feels like a fever dream. Uh, we got close enough to hear uh, Russian artillery uh, shelling the positions in the in the distance. Um, so it's just been so bizarre. But um, as soon as you were a couple of hours away from the front lines, life was kind of like normal. Like we could still go to restaurants and go to the hotel and be chill, but you would still have air raid sirens every now and then. But I mean, it's uh, it was an experience for a lifetime. Yeah, it's impossible for, sure. for me to imagine um, being in Europe and actually hearing artillery fired in anger at enemy positions. That's like a, a crazy thing to imagine for sure. Yeah, it's really surreal because I literally only took a two-hour flight to Poland and then rode a car for 10 hours and I could hear artillery. Yeah, it's not far away from where where a lot of people live. And of course, where you were um, when you were hearing that artillery, I mean, there must have been people around who like live there and are, and are trying to go about their daily lives, I, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny because this was in a town called Kostiantinivka, which is around 15 kilometers from Bakhmut. And as I was walking through the town and like trying to take some photos, uh, a civilian, like a, a local guy stopped me and he started saying something Ukrainian. But um, I told him, like, communicated that I don't understand you and he doesn't understand me. But then he pointed at my camera and said, analog? And I said, oh, no, digital. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. Wild. 100 episodes of this uh, Reenactors Corner. Uh, we never talked before on the air, Lassa, about how it was that this podcast came to be. Um, yeah. So, And it's funny because the podcast started in 2019. So it's pre-COVID uh, and thus also pre, like during COVID, everybody started a podcast, but it's actually predates that. Yeah, we were going to do it either way. Uh, whose idea was it and how how did we start doing this, Lassa? You know, I'm actually, I'm actually a little bit unsure. I am too. That's so. why I'm asking you. I don't remember. <laughs> Well, if you're unsure, I'll, I can take the credit. No problem. <laughs> well, I think we both kind of... So I, I was thinking about the idea of a podcast, and I, I don't even know why I was thinking about it. I don't know what gave me the idea. I mean, I don't know. I listened. I was listening to podcasts. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. I thought it would be maybe fun. And I think I made a post on on Facebook saying that I was thinking about maybe I was wondering if there was a podcast about reenacting would anybody listen to it and you responded or sent me a message and said that you were thinking of doing a podcast and maybe we could do a podcast together and and we started sort of talking about it and then um 
you know, yeah. kind of eventually over time, we we decided to do this thing. I I think that sounds right because I was in the mood of like creating a podcast back in 2019, but I was maybe a bit unsure uh, about what and maybe like maybe we should do a reenactment podcast. And then I saw like you were like, it would be fun to do a podcast. And I'm like, why don't we do a podcast? It was definitely cool to, for us to do it together for, for a lot of reasons. I enjoy talking to you, of course, Lassa, but I thought it was really uh, fun also to have a European person and an American person because that's two very different perspectives on World War II reenacting. And so it gave us sort of the opportunity to look at a lot of topics from two different directions that I thought was really good. Yeah, and no, I think the... Uh culture difference uh, does help a lot because there's obviously many reenactors in uh, on both continents now you you had like recording equipment right you had some technical skill and ability and and some some like software or whatever because you were the guy who actually put together all of the first episodes you did all of the editing and uh <laughs> like I, I had nothing. Yeah. I had to buy a, a microphone. I bought the sort of this incredibly cheap uh, Samson Go mic, and that was. Yeah. I didn't even have like headphones at first. I had, I had nothing. Yeah, I mean it was, um, and I also plugged my computer into the recorder, so I recorded your voice, and therefore every time the internet was choppy, your voice was also choppy. <laughs> And that doesn't really uh, work. <laughs> sure. All right. I'm going to play a tiny bit of the first episode. Let's like hear what this sounds like. I'm going to play it into the microphone. Maybe you'll be able to hear this here. <laughs> yeah. Hi, and welcome to this new podcast of ours. Um, my name is Lasse. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Pittman, and uh, we're going to talk about the podcast in this episode and what you can expect and a little bit about general reenacting. I know that probably a lot of the people listening to this first episode when it comes out. So uh, the audio sounds better than I thought that it would. So, uh, you know. Yeah, I think so, too. The Samsung Go mic is actually like surprisingly good for the money. And... Uh, uh, I basically use the same. I use the same microphone still. Uh, it's a unbeatable microphone, so my voice shouldn't have changed. Apart from that, I sound like twenty two years old on on the first episode. <laughs> uh, I am. I have upgraded to a better microphone. I have actual headphones now. Um, we had some technical problems at various times. Um, you know, there was a definitely a learning curve that we had trying to figure out how to do stuff with guests. And, um, and of course, we had sort of had some production difficulties and hiccups early on, too, where we weren't absolutely doing it on schedule all the time, you know? Yeah. And no, yeah, it, it was uh, pretty ad hoc. It was ad hoc for sure. We would record like three <laughs> episodes in a week and then we'd be releasing special episodes and stuff. And then maybe six weeks would go by with, with no episodes, you know? And uh, yeah, we were eager. <laughs> yeah, there was the passion was there, but the uh, I don't know, the we didn't have like a taskmaster, you know, we didn't have some guy cracking the whip and making deadlines and stuff. So it was just kind of whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, it it 
it didn't really work out. Um, so we needed to get a taskmaster. <laughs> we had one episode too, if I remember right, where um, the file got deleted or something. So there's like a lost episode that nobody ever heard. I think we recorded it again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, a lost one. So then, what happened was. Um, Mike, a.k.a. Retro Man, had messaged us because I think we had made at some point there was, I think, a post that was like, hey, you know, sorry, we haven't released any episodes in a while. We like still um, we're going to be releasing some more episodes, but the editing is is very time consuming. And um, so, you know, please be patient or something like that. And we got contacted by Mike AK retro man. And he said that he had experience with editing programs and that he would be happy to help us, um, to do the editing. And, um, it took a little bit of time. I don't even remember exactly when that was or how that all sort of came about, but that did spark sort of a new era of the podcast where we were more consistent with releasing the stuff on time. Oh, a lot more consistent. When uh, Retroman came in, uh, stuff just worked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's, it's look, you know, Lassa, I know you're very busy with work. I also am busy. I am sure that, uh, that Retroman is also busy. But at least if when we had like three people doing this, then there was always someone to be like, hey, guys, we have to come up with an episode for for next Thursday. You know, I've got an idea or what's the plan or whatever it was. So we were able to to kind of bring this into <laughs> where it is today. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, I, I don't remember specifically, but I was rather busy a little while after uh, Retroman came in, so I had some troubles uh, fulfilling deadlines, and he he wasn't too happy at times. Mike is uh, a guy that you really kind of need because he would hold us accountable. You know, there were times that yeah. um, I I found it hard to record. There were times that you found it hard to record, and. Um, I mean, there were there were episodes that that you weren't on and that I weren't I was not on even early on. Like one of the one of the first episodes was uh, was when Ricky went and visited you, Lasse, and you guys did an episode. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and- yeah, he had a wedding in uh, like in the, in the city I live in. So yeah, um, but there was it was it was kind of more. It was definitely very freeform at that time when it was like we would record episodes kind of whenever we could. And then if if there was some other opportunity to record basically anything or or something to commemorate or something special going on, we could just do whatever sort of episode, which which was like a, it was a fun way to do the podcast. But a problem that arose uh, was that we I mean, obviously, the, the podcast takes money. And it costs money to make. So um, we needed to kind of raise some funds. And so we had the Patreon, which we had a lot of people even early on very generously donated. But of course, now you've got a responsibility to people who are donating money (laughs) to provide content, you know, so that that changed things for sure. Yeah, but thank God for Patreon. It it helps a lot. And as you say, it, it takes money to make it. Yeah. 
uh, hosting it, um, equipment. Right. Like I say, all of the upgrades to my equipment here were paid for by the Patreon donations. So very grateful for that. You know, it's obviously we're not, uh, no one's going to be making a living off of this, but it is nice to not have to worry about so much like, uh, you know, some kind of potential crisis, like stuff that that happened um, that we did with the Patreon money when my computer basically shit the bed and um, it was expensive to repair it <laughs> and you were able to to get me some money for from the Patreon to take care of that and that was really, really great and helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, um, um, and that's what Patreon money are supposed to be used for. Exactly. Uh, not for us to eat, uh, eat, uh, seafood at an expensive restaurant or something. I do love seafood. We're getting into that seafood season now. So if you're listening to this, uh, (laughs) now's the time to donate the money. (laughs) Yeah, you need to fly me over so I can have a seafood dinner. Yeah, now you're talking. That's going to be our next special project. Um, I don't accept anything below business class. (laughs) Yeah. And so the podcast has gone on from there, and I'm really glad that it's uh, still going. And I intend to keep it going for you know as long as really I, I feasibly can. I, it's um, it definitely has evolved and changed some. We've gone through periods that were like 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 Lassa early on. We did some very important episodes about like how to get started in reenacting or talking about some of the very basics of reenacting maybe for new people. And we still get a lot of downloads on those episodes. I think that's kind of evergreen stuff and maybe uh, how to get started in reenacting. We might, might have to revisit that at some point because I think things have changed a little bit, but a lot of that stuff I think stands a test of time and is, is just as good today as it was in, uh, oh, in yeah. 2019. You know, it's so funny because it has happened that we get new recruits into the unit and they're like, they show up and they're like, haven't I heard your voice before? And, it's, uh, and they've been listening to the reenactors corner. That's cool. I like going to events too and having people recognize my voice from listening to the podcast. And like, I get, I get a lot of nice feedback on the podcast from people at reenactments. They say, Oh, we like listen to two episodes on our long drive to the event. It was really good. You know, helped us get pumped up for the event or whatever, which is, <laughs> which is cool. That's that's beautiful. Uh, we help um, other reenactors, and we also give information in some episodes. Yeah, actually, oh, uh, I, should, I should say you now, though. But well, you know, I appreciate uh, you know this podcast couldn't have happened without you, Lassa. Like I say, I had I was never going to learn how to record or edit a podcast. You know, I wanted to do a podcast, but the technical aspects of it were were really daunting. And of course I wasn't, I wasn't good at it either at first. I remember you telling me after the first couple of episodes that you would like, I, I listened back and I said the word, um, so many times. And I was like, Oh, Lassa, I'm really embarrassed. I said, um, so many times. And you said, you, you said, Chris, I, I edited out hundreds of times that you said, um, I was like, Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That's a self-confidence uh, sinker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so, um, but yeah, you were you were the guy who, <laughs> who spearheaded all of this stuff from the technical end of it, certainly, and, and made it all happen. And so I'm very grateful for that. Well, 
It's uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, we didn't really announce my exit. I just kind of left, and that's kind of been annoying me ever since that. But I don't know. Actually, maybe it's okay that it worked out the way that it worked out. That it was kind of uh, not really a big transition, and that by the time I finally made an announcement that you know you had sort of taken a step back because uh, you were you were very busy. Um, that I had kind of been doing the podcast with with guests and stuff for a while. Um, and so, I don't know, I, you know, it worked out. And I'm really glad that we could touch base again and record this episode and uh, and catch up and bring people up to speed on what you're doing now. Oh, man, absolutely. It's a pleasure being on here. And I'll happily do it again. Cool. I'd love to have you on again. There is there is a whole bunch of t- many many times I'm thinking about some specific uh, reenactment subject and thinking uh, wondering what you would have to say about it and I I do also miss the you know I just miss joking around with you and uh, the dynamic that we had wondering if you ever found your canteen and stuff like that you know so dude you you won't believe it but I. It, it isn't a canteen this time, but I have been looking for my great coat for a year and a half. <laughs> great coat is huge. It's very hard to lose. That's what I kept telling my my friends. Like it's big, but I couldn't find it for the longest of time. But I found it last month. <laughs> and where was it that you couldn't find it? <laughs> it's so horrible because I was looking through my tunics because I have three tunics. And I went like, why is there four tunics here? <laughs> so in the bottom of the box, I just saw a field grade tunic. So I lift it up and I'm like, oh my God, it's my grade coat. Incredible. And I've been looking for it for a year and a half. But it wasn't until I counted my tunics. I was like, hmm, there's one too many here. We should look at them all. <laughs> this is the, this see, that's the problem with having even three tunics. You know what I mean? That's, I, I mean, and of course, as you know, we, I have no leg to stand on here with talking about having too much reenactment gear. <laughs> I miss talk uh, starting the episode and just ask you, like, how many typewriters have you bought since last? Oh time man, I got recorded? two typewriters just in the last month alone. I I did get rid of a bunch of typewriters, <laughs> but then I got some more. So I don't know. I'm probably back up to uh, almost fifty now, which is certainly far too many. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm having a friend over tonight, and he hasn't seen... He's been living on the West Coast for years, but he's moving back to uh, Massachusetts, a reenactment friend of mine. And I'm really excited that he's moving back. We'll be able to do stuff together again. And uh, he's going to be coming over to my place tonight. And I just am bracing for his reaction to when he sees all these typewriters. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> You should film it. <laughs> no, but also, um, I've also, I also like what we've done, uh, what you've done with the Discord server, uh, opening it up for general uh, reenactment discussion. Cool. Yeah. Um, there's there's posts in there every day, and um, there are. It's definitely cool. As I think, uh, you know, I don't want to. I, I try to avoid complaining about Facebook too much because I've complained about it enough and you basically have the choice to use it or not. Um, and 
you know, I don't do not like it, but I am still on there in some <laughs> capacity for now. But it's just really cool to see that there can be alternatives um, that actually do get traction and get used, you know, and I, I do enjoy the the chatter in that Discord server. Yeah, because there's so many different, um, y you know, um, sections, uh, topics. And even I've been using it, like, being curious about a thing. I've been asking a question. And I've gotten good replies. So, I mean, it's it's really good. It's a nice community. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, anyone listening to this who's, who's wondering what we're talking about, if you don't know, we do have a Reenactors Corner Discord server that anyone can join. And we talk about reenacting in there every day. And uh, if you're interested, you're welcome to check it out. You should check it out. It's it's good. COVID really did change so much in terms of reenacting. You know, I know we talked, we were talking about it kind of in the earlier stages, and I don't think either of us could have imagined that some level of restrictions would persist for for three years from the beginning. And um, like here in Massachusetts, just yesterday, they finally ended the last of the rules that you have to wear a mask when you're in a healthcare facility and those kind of things. And so I guess really now it is truly finally over after all this time, which is a good feeling to be out on the other side of this thing. I think Norway lifted the uh, final uh, restrictions um, like in uh, summer last year. Wow. Yeah, it, it definitely had a big impact on reenacting, obviously. Uh, you know, my things changed oh, a, sure. a lot for me. Like, uh, it became impossible for me to run the reenactment group that I was in charge of the way that I had always wanted to run it. So we disbanded it and are now kind of still trying to put together a new project that's better suited for um, the new realities of reenactment. I mean, I... I'm probably going to go to something like four reenactments this year, um, you know, which is insane because I used to go, sometimes I might have done in the past four reenactments in a month, you know, so the, the pace of things here, <laughs> it just, it hasn't gone back to the way that it was and it, and it may never, which is okay. I mean, I'm still doing stuff. I'm still making the most of the opportunities that I have, but it certainly is uh, very different. Yeah, because I saw you posting on Facebook that you disbanded the uh, reenactment group. Yeah, um, to create a new one, and I found that to be really interesting because you wrote about the why, and no, it was very interesting, and it surely made me think as well because my group has a more, um, which is a traditional structure of reenactment, but we haven't changed, and we are seeing now that. Um, uh, we're actually getting more members this year, um, and we have many older members who are wanting to become active again because we were basically on a three-year hiatus with uh, just one reenactment a year or something. Well, I'm really glad to hear that you guys are recruiting more people. Yeah, it's, it was really hard because I didn't want to go on hiatus. I wanted to keep things going the way that they had before, but it just, um, for a variety of reasons proved impossible you know there were people had very valid reasons for not wanting to attend events we had people who wanted to go to the events and then they had a COVID exposure or they came down with COVID or the, their oh, wife man. had COVID or whatever you know and uh, 
And of course, we had a whole bunch of events that got planned and then canceled, some of them kind of last minute, which is really, uh, it just really hurts morale, you know, and we, we basically lost like all of our momentum, I think it's fair to say. Um, we did have some really well-attended events. Even the last event that we did at Sickering's Regiment 195 was we had more people there than at any event we ever had done. Um, but this was like kind of a unique situation where we had people coming from all over. And that, that kind of gave me sort of the idea, helped, helped me to form the idea to start something new because um, it just seemed like it was a, a futile struggle to try to keep things going with with the regular crew on like a, a regular basis, but yet we would occasionally have a whole bunch of people come together to make something really great. So it's like, well, we'll just, we'll focus on doing that. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think you went in the right direction with our reenactment is, especially how it is in the U.S. currently. What about you? You mentioned that you have some some bigger events coming up this year that you guys are looking forward to? Uh, yeah, one is called Monty's Men. It is in the UK in October, I think. And don't quote me on that. Um, the group isn't going, but we are three people from the group going. Uh, and I'm going to reenact uh, Kriegsberichter, so a war correspondent photographer at that event. That sounds super fun. They they have that event every two years, right? Or they they haven't had it in a little little while anyway. Well, they were supposed to have it annually, but the first one was pre COVID, so this is the second one. Okay, all right, yeah. Uh, so um, it, it's like a uh, from Wednesday to Saturday, uh, full immersive uh, uh, tactical against uh, where there's Germans against uh, British forces. I remember seeing the pictures from the first one and they were awesome photos and it looked super fun. I'm jealous that you're you're able to go to this. Definitely looks like a one of the really cool European events. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to uh, photographing at it. And the other event is uh, basically the uh, second big uh, European event event. Uh, uh, since COVID, because we went to the uh, Belgium one in 2019, where you brought a truck and you drive from location to location all across Belgium or southern Belgium, and we're doing the same next year for the 80th anniversary of uh, D-Day. So we'll be in uh, Normandy, basically doing the same thing with the same people uh, with the truck. So I'm looking forward to that. That will be the entire entire group going. That's going to be an incredible experience, no doubt. For sure. Um, so we are already now trying to have like uh, a few training events where we train on working as a group uh, as preparing for that event. You guys are going to bring the truck again? Yeah. Yeah, we are. So do, for the training events, are you training people how to like... Uh, work on and maintain the truck. I mean, that's such an unbelievable uh, <laughs> amount of effort. And, you know, that's... Uh, well, um, we, uh, like, the truck uh, will be in running condition. German soldiers didn't have to fix trucks. That was for the mechanic uh, department. And I guess truck driving and uh, fixing the truck on the road will be my issue. But we're practically... Yeah, I, I, tra- wish, I like hope you have good luck with it. <laughs> Thank you. It's a it's a reliable old lady. 
but uh, the training events were basically training like hand signals, uh, Schutzenkette, Schutzenreihe, uh, tactical movement, um, um, all of that sort of stuff. That's that's obviously really important stuff for a reenactment group to know to be able to work together in the field and use those uh, simple tactics and formations. I think training events are so crucial. I haven't done any kind of training event or been to any kind of training event in a long time, but um, those skills are really important. And it doesn't matter how well you know how to do this stuff as an individual if if no two people have ever uh, practiced this together as a team, you're not going to be able to do it effectively. So it oh, really, yeah. you really do have to practice as a team. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, in in a month, we're having another training event, which will be more uh, boot camp barracks uh, training. And uh, I'm not sure if I can make it, sadly, but one of the things we have planned is for all the new guys to, or everybody, but basically more for the new guys to put out all their equipment so we can look at it and see if it's actually good or bad or what needs to be improved and stuff. Just give like that kind of feedback. That sounds great. That's also a realistic activity. You see occasionally photos where guys have had to lay out all of their stuff for an inspection. Um, yeah. Yeah, in my the first reenactment group that I was in, we used to do that as part of our annual uh, training event. And then in my last group, we made people do that prior to being eligible for a promotion to Gefreiter. They had to lay out all their gear and then have it inspected and make sure that they had everything that they were supposed to have and that everything was up to standard. So that's really cool. I'm jealous that you have yeah. a have a barracks event. What's the what's the location for uh, for where you guys are going to be able to do the barracks thing? Uh, it's uh, it's at a coastal fort that we've been using for uh, since before COVID. Now, actually, I'm so glad um, that you still so, have that place. That's that's such an awesome location. Yeah, um, we had bigger plans for like uh, decorating the interior of the barracks and stuff, but. Uh, there's some paperwork issues there and stuff. We're st- we're still working on that, but at least we can be there. Do you still have all of the other um, sort of private spots that you had that you were using for your unit-only immersion events back in the pre-COVID days? Yeah, we do, actually. We are uh, fortunate enough to uh, maintain all of them. That's really great. That's really auspicious. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, it would be difficult. So we have the luxury of like uh, plan an event and then be like, at what location do we want to have this event? That's very cool. Because last uh, a month or two ago, we had a another training event, but that was a field training event where we practice more like Schutzen Ket and stuff, and that was in the in the woods. Cool. Yeah, that. The, uh, I love those kind of events, but to me, there's something really special about a barracks event. And um, nowadays, you know, I only have really access to like one event site that even has really like uh, in actual buildings, really, that we can use. So, I, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I definitely think that some things are picking up again. There's still a lot of uh, reenactors and a lot of energy. So you never really know what kind of events there might be an opportunity to do in the future. Yeah. Because um, we all miss Gap. 
Yeah, there's nothing that's ever going to replace that. <laughs> yeah, that was such a such a special event, and uh, you know, even if they had another event at that location, which I I really doubt will ever happen, it still wouldn't be the same, just because um, all the kind of momentum and the the tradition and sort of what happened there from one year to the next, all of that has been a bit disrupted forever. But you know. You never know. There's yeah. all there's always more opportunities. There's always something else to do. Obviously, but it's as um, Nicholas, my unit co-commander, uh, who's still my unit co-commander. Um, he says that gap has been going on since the '80s, and then you went to it last, and they disbanded it. <laughs> That's how it was. Yeah. <laughs> who knows what you know? There was all there was more and more international people, I think, coming to that every year. So uh, that yeah. that had the potential to be sort of like this World Congress of World War II reenacting. And unfortunately, um, you know, that never came to pass. And I guess I, I saw something, uh, I don't know if you know anything about this, but I guess uh, War and Peace is maybe canceled like indefinitely, maybe forever in, in the UK. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I, I haven't re- I, I just heard the rumors. I haven't looked into it. Yeah. Which would be really sad too. Cause that was, that was a really big event for, for a lot of people in the European scene. Um, yeah, it was super big. I, I never went to it sadly. Yeah. No, I never went either and probably was never going to, but I, it's still, uh, you know, it's sad news for all of my, uh, especially UK reenactment friends who enjoyed doing that event. If, if that is yet another uh, sort of casualty of of COVID, maybe that may never come back. So, yeah, too bad. But, it sucks, but hopefully something new pops up. Yeah, you mentioned that you were getting new recruits in your reenactment group. Um, how how have you guys been able to find new people in this uh, slightly changed landscape of reenactment recruiting? <laughs> I don't know. We just get uh, we keep getting emails. Okay, cool. So uh, they're mean, finding you. They're finding you online then. Yeah, uh, we recently started uh, posting on Instagram and Facebook again. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. Obviously, but uh, maybe it's there. Uh, we do have a website that we haven't torn down. Uh, so maybe they find us there as well. Um, one of the guys found us through another uh, reenactment unit, the unit that reenacts uh, Norwegian pre-war. Cool. So, um, there's there's a little bit of networking here, but uh, I mean, I make it sound like we get a lot of people. We don't, uh, but uh, every now and then we get an email, and then maybe one out of five of those actually result in a new member. That's good. I mean. Uh... Basically, I think to to get almost any new people is is great at this time. So much of our hobby was on hiatus for years, and a lot of the ways that people used to get recruits with public display events and stuff, either those events don't happen anymore, or they didn't happen for a while, or they're smaller now. So, um, but it's cool. We've got we've got the internet, and we can we can reach people that way. Of course, um, and. It's funny, our, uh, we made our website like in 2018, 2019 maybe, but we still haven't actually uh, made a better uh, recruitment page than one text that says, want to join? Send an email. <laughs> that's great, you know. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe that's better than like a hard sell, you know. It doesn't set them up for disappointment. 
<laughs> that is true. Yeah. Now we're working on um, on uh, making the website a little bit better, but uh, it takes time. Sure. Actually, one of the projects recently have been uh, taking these old translated to English uh, documents on hand signals and Schutzenkat and Schutzenkat. You know the, the stuff that was posted on the on the um, Restetzug and all of that. Yeah. Um, so we are um, basically copying it, but we are updating the graphics and the layout, and we're translating it into Norwegian um, to hopefully form like a little uh, manual reenactment book that we can uh, give to members. That's fantastic. That could, that kind of handbook stuff with that information is so valuable. Yeah, and I do hope uh, I'm. I do want to post that stuff on on our website too. Uh, and I do also want to, since we're already updating the uh, graphics and the layout, I do want to um, turn them into English as well, or retain the original translation, and post them up as well. Because the rest of Tug and all the other good article reenactment sites, they're taken down. They don't exist anymore. Yeah, it's true. You can still access that stuff through the Internet Archive, but it's kind of wonky and, and not very convenient and also doesn't f- yeah. doesn't feel very good. You know, it's better to be able to just go to an active website than be looking at screenshots of something from the past. And I, I still kind of hope that that Erstetzug website could get going again. I'm in touch with those people, all the information exists that there are still people who are are kind of want to bring that forward into the future so i guess we'll see what happens of course i do hope it comes back but that's one of my plans to um since i'm already updating the design and the layout and the graphics done yeah one of our new members uh, know how to draw so he's like uh, uh, redrawing a lot of the original uh, artwork and stuff that's excellent yeah because a lot of those uh A lot of what you see has been like photocopied so many times uh, that it's just like, you know, it's it's kind of super crude looking. Yeah, the hand signal stuff, like it's super crude, super pixelated, horrible. But we just, uh, uh, that guy just uh, redrew the entire, all, all the hand signals. So they're all updated. Awesome. So before we sort of wrap this up, Mike, aka Retro Man, did supply some cool stats about 100 episodes uh mike tells me that if you listened to all of the episodes all the 100 episodes back to back it would take you four days to listen to it all and if you include the patreon exclusive monthly bonus episode it would take six days of solid back-to-back listening uh in a in a marathon to hear it all um so we've we have had uh, almost sixty thousand individual downloads of the podcast, which would be the equivalent of about a thousand hours or forty one days of solid listening, I guess that people have spent uh, listening to the podcast. We've had uh, over forty guests from the USA, UK, Switzerland, Iceland, Mexico, Chile, Norway, and Sweden which I'm proud of that we got so many international uh, guests. And then, so Mike has, Mike wanted to see what the most listened to episodes were, but that's kind of, uh, 
it's it's not really exact because the older episodes just keep accumulating more listens over time but that's not the same as like whatever was the most popular on launch so rather than do like a simple rundown Mike has looked at all of the stats and he's identified the themes of podcast episodes that we do that have done particularly well. So there were the four themes are uh, specials on kit, like specials on uh, firearms and, and uniform, the episode on helmets, the episode on gas masks. Those ones get a lot of listens. Um, the episodes that are tutorials where we talk about things like weathering and aging or sewing or, or things like that. The episode where we talked about veterans with stories of meeting up with veterans and sharing their stories. And then the annual horrors of reenacting episode that we do every Halloween always does well. Yeah. Those are always fun to listen to. Yeah. Those are some, those are certainly the most fun ones for me to record. I really enjoy those ones. <laughs> you always have horror stories about reenactment. Well, I think the la last year I had to kind of open it up to horror stories from the listeners, uh, which we got a lot of good ones. So, um, yeah, I heard it. I've been listening to the podcast every now and then. I I do enjoy it. It's a it's a it's a good podcast. I'm glad. Now, are you still doing your other podcast too, Lassa? The one about uh, gaming. Uh, yeah, it is an actual play uh, role-playing podcast. So we play Dungeons & Dragons and other role-playing games. And it takes quite a bit of time, but we streamline a lot of the production and stuff. But yeah, we're, we're still going strong. But it's in Norwegian, so it's probably not uh, that uh, fun to listen to for foreigners. What's the name of your podcast for any of our Norwegian-speaking <laughs> listeners? <laughs> For the Norwegian-speaking listeners, and also maybe the Swedish and Danish, it is called Rollespillpodden, and it can be found on Spotify and uh, everywhere, basically. And our website, if anyone wants to visit us, is uh, rp, uh, p-o-d-d-e-n, so rppodden.no. Cool. And uh, so you said that your reenactment group is back to posting on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. You guys are kind of coming out of uh, your hiatus. Uh, yeah. Cool. We are. And I guess this is where you want me to plug it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, our handle on uh, all of social media that we use is uh, the Division Living History Group. Uh, also sometimes shortened to Div Live His. And our website is basically reenactor.no. Last of my friend, it has been great talking to you again. It's been a great pleasure talking to you again, uh, Chris. I really enjoyed this. Cool. I hope we can do this again some other time soon. Oh, I'd love to. Awesome. All right. So uh, to everybody out there, thank you for listening. Thanks for uh, letting us keep this thing going for 100 episodes. And uh, I'll see you in the field. 100 episodes. See you in the field, Chris. We love hearing what you think about the podcast. So why not let us know by reaching out in all the usual places Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for The Reenactors Corner and you'll find us there. And maybe think about supporting us via Patreon. No matter how happy or small, your monthly donations make a huge difference. You can sign up for as little as $2 a month. As ever, thanks to Mike, a.k.a. Retro Man, for editing the podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed it and will join us here again at the Reenactors Corner. Mm-hmm.